Shortly after the last podcast episode dropped, I was in conversation with the cohort uh, of my group voice coaching program, For Your Voice, For Your Life, which is happening right now. Um, But heads up, there's going to be a new cohort that kicks off in September. Get on my mailing list at davinyoungsvoice.com if you want to know more about that. More information coming soon, but I digress. I was in conversation with them because they were reflecting back to me that they found the last podcast episode about reclaiming your voice dream to be quite powerful, Um, that they found it to be inspiring and made them really want to lean further into these ideas and these energies around using their voice with more freedom and really attaching more fully to the claims that they were able to lay stake to when they were quite young. And it was just a lovely conversation. But somewhere quickly into that conversation, I heard myself say that my next podcast episode should be something about how you don't need to change your voice, (laughs) how you need to learn to love your voice exactly how it is. And I've been thinking about that ever since because I've been thinking two things. One is what is it in me that needed to say that in the moment in response to this, I don't know, collective willingness to reclaim dreaming. But also, why do I see that as a key component to being able to be successful in this venture of leaning fully into your voice dream? So in this episode, I want to try and tackle this topic with you around Loving your voice exactly as it is right now. Not needing to change anything about your voice despite its many, many imperfections. I had an interesting experience uh, last week. I have a client who has what is called a paresis of the vocal fold or a vocal fold paresis. And this means uh, a partial paralysis of the vocal fold. This is a woman in her late 60s. Um, She sung her whole life. And actually, she went to school for singing and has done quite a bit of training. But when she came to me a while back, she was on the back end of a significant series of health issues that had impacted her voice in a number of different ways. So we've been working together trying to help her find more freedom, more ease, more consistency, seeing if we could make her voice more easily navigatable despite what is happening. And we've made a lot of progress. We've made a significant amount of progress. But it just so happens that my teacher, um, who I've mentioned many times on the podcast, Jeannie Levetri, also suffers from this same pathology. She has a partially paralyzed vocal fold. And it's something that she struggled for a long time to get diagnosed. And once she was able to figure out exactly what was happening, she set about trying to figure out how to heal it to the best of her ability. And so I thought to myself, I really would love to watch Jeannie work with this client of mine so that I can see what it's like for someone who has this experience in their own body, work with someone who's experiencing something similar. And also, Jeannie's a freaking expert. So it's just such an honor and a privilege to get to watch her work with anyone. So she graciously agreed to do this. And it was a beautiful, fascinating experience for me on many levels. 
In some ways, it was really affirming. And I, I say that not to, you know, float my own boat, but I realized that I have been pointing down the right path. And I'm really grateful for that knowledge and understanding. And, and I'm grateful for the experience that I've gained over the years working with a lot of different singers in a lot of different scenarios with their voice so that I have this knowledge and understanding around basic functionality with the voice. You may have heard me say this before, but it's very true that regardless of what's going on with your voice, the essence of the work that I'm doing from a functional standpoint, how your voice works in your body is the same. Now, don't get me wrong. If something feels like it's wrong with your voice, I'm going to make sure that you go to a laryngologist and you get a stroboscopy, you get a scope so that you can see what is happening at the level of the vocal folds. Otherwise, we're guessing. And this is the amazing part of being a human in contemporary society. We don't have to guess. We can know exactly what's happening. Someone can take a picture of it. They can see it. They can diagnose it. And then what that does is that informs how it is that we're able to move forward. It informs our expectations around the speed of the progress. It informs a, a compassionate point of view around the things that don't necessarily work how it is that we want them to, but it doesn't necessarily change the type of work that I'm doing that is by its very nature about rehabilitation, about healing, and about establishing functional freedom in the voice. So it was so great to hear that and see that. But the other thing that really lit me up was the type of conversation Jeannie was able to have with this singer because she knows the experience in her body. She knows what it is to struggle specifically in this way. And quite honestly, she's overcome so much. She's able to demonstrate the ways in which she's overcome the problem. But the beauty of it was the frankness and the honesty she was able to communicate with around expectations. And really just sort of allowing for the truth to shine through despite the discomfort that it may cause. See, the reason I'm sharing this story with you is because what I heard Jeannie say to this singer is, love yourself exactly where you are. Accept yourself exactly where you are. Be compassionate for yourself, about the things that you feel like you can't do like you used to, and be hopeful about the possibility of what lies ahead. This really, really speaks to me in my heart, and it speaks to a, an important aspect or component that I see embodied in singers that make real progress in their voice and in their life. We all want change. <laughs> I mean, God knows I do. If you catch me at any given moment, I can name, you know, 25 things that I feel like should be different. It's part of this human condition. It's part of our conditioning from a very young age where we are taught to want more and more and more and more and where we are led to believe that this right here right now is not enough. It's not good enough. We need something different, or so we think and we believe. And someone like my client who has this dysfunctional 
aspect to her voice. Something is very literally not working how it is that it used to work. It's a reasonable response to be frustrated with that. It's a reasonable response to want that to be different. It's normal to mark what it is that you're able to do now versus what it is that you used to be able to do. It's normal to be feel stuck in what it is that you're able to do now versus what it is that you desire to be able to do in the future. All of that is valid, and I certainly wouldn't ask someone in that position to just sort of get over what it was that they're feeling. In fact, I think it's an incredibly powerful tool to get to know what it is that they're feeling about being in this situation. And it doesn't matter. I'm not talking specifically about someone who has a pathology, who has an injury, who has a diagnosable problem with their voice. I also know that it can be deeply and rationally frustrating that your voice can't do what it is that you want it to do, that you can't sing as high as you want to sing, that you can't sing as loud as you want to sing, that your throat feels closed and stuck, that you can't do the runs that you feel like you should be able to do. You name it, right? You've got a list for yourself of things that your voice can't do that you feel frustrated with. And I want you to know that it is valid. It is real to have those emotions and those frustrations and those feelings about those things. I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. I honor you. But, but my friend, there's something that I've noticed about the people that move most quickly, most efficiently, most freely down the path toward more vocal freedom toward more ease in their voice, toward more authenticity of expression. And it's this. They don't get mired in what their voice can't do. They don't get stuck in the mud that is their throat <laughs> at times. They don't bemoan. They don't belabor. They don't fixate on the things that they can't do. But rather they love on the voice that they have. Now, love might sound like a really strong word. It might even actually trigger you because is that sort of like, like, how do you get there? <laughs> is that actually possible? And so if I took a step back and gave you a word that might be a little bit more palatable, I might say to you, they accept the voice that they have. They accept the voice that they have right here, right now, just as it is. But I worry that if I use that word, accept, you might hear it as sort of a resignation. See, love is active. Love is an exchange. Love is an energy. And I believe that acceptance can be also, but in this context, I'm not asking you to simply accept your voice as it is. I'm asking you to consider the possibility of loving your voice exactly as it is. So often people come to me and they'll say, how long is it going to take me to do this? How much time will I need to accomplish this? When will I be able to sing this note? I have this performance. I really have to be able to do this. I really, really have to make it as a performer. I have to do this. This is my destiny. This is the absolute outcome. This is the way it must be. I need this. 
And I got to tell you, whenever anyone says anything like that to me, it's a red flag. <laughs> it's a big, old, fat, waving red flag. I mean, think about dating. Have you ever been on a date? What's it like when you're dating someone and they need <laughs> you to like them? Like it's early on and you get the sense that they're like super into you and you're not sure, but they're like all about it. Or maybe you've been that person. I mean, it's been many years, but I've been that person. It's not sexy, right? And there's a reason that it's not sexy because there's like an energy to that. There's a codependence built into that. There's a misreading of a situation built into that. There's a neediness built into that. And it's being thrust at a focus point, a focal point that hasn't offered it in response, that hasn't requested it. <laughs> it's misdirected, it's misguided, it's misaligned, and ultimately it is not the path to deep connection. It is simply the path to disappointment and wanting more. And so, of course, this isn't just true about dating. <laughs> it's actually true in every single area of our life. This is how it all works. This energetic exchange, we are in fact an energy. And the way in which we move throughout the universe attracts and repels. But especially as this relates to the voice journey, you could imagine how it might be problematic. That when someone needs their voice to be different than it is, that they approach the whole process from a fundamental place of lack. A fundamental place of brokenness, of not enoughness, of unworthiness. And it just doesn't work. <laughs> I've seen it time and time again. It doesn't work. It's hella frustrating. In fact, usually the person who approaches this work from this point of view, depending on how stubborn they are, they give up pretty fast because they find the whole task too daunting because maybe on a conscious level, maybe on a subconscious level, they realize that this has to do with a fundamental mindset shift. This has to do with a, a need for change in a deep understanding of how we love ourselves. And usually how we love ourselves is tied to how it is that we're able to love others and love the world around us. So what's the difference between being frustrated with your situation, being rationally irritated that your voice won't do what it is that you want to do, bumping up against a pain point that has become so great that it has inspired you to create the situation, the scenario that might allow for significant change in your life versus being caught in the muck of scarcity, of lack, of unquenchable thirst of unworthiness. What's the difference? How do we know the difference? Well, there's no easy way to answer that exactly, but what I have noticed is that there are some character qualities exhibited by those who are in the former category versus the latter. What I've seen is that those who are just generally frustrated with their voice <laughs> <laughs> versus those who are in deep lack and scarcity. They have a mindset of curiosity. They have a mindset of play. They are often not taking themselves too seriously. 
generally speaking, they're willing to explore making new sounds without the concern that their voice is either good or bad, worthy or unworthy. They're able to exercise compassion toward themselves. When they make a bad sound, quote-unquote bad sound, or a funny sound or a goofy sound, or they have a big surprise of what comes out of their mouth, they either giggle about it or they go, oh, I understand. Of course that would happen given the nature of my situation. They also give themselves grace. They give themselves a graceful timeline within which they need to or want to accomplish certain things. And if that timeline doesn't play out exactly as they had hoped or imagined, they're able to allow that to be shiftable and movable because they see the value in what it is that they've achieved, what it is that they've uncovered, what it is that they've discovered in the time thus far. They also generally realize somewhere along the way that there will be no point of arrival. <laughs> it's the most enlightening and disappointing truth that one can come upon. It's the ultimate liberating fact when someone goes, oh, I guess like that thing that I wanted to be able to do, that's probably not going to scratch the itch that I wanted it to scratch. That there's going to be a new itch after that, and that's all part of this game. That it's all part of the unfolding of the process. And it's all a delight. It's all a joy. It's all a playful game. And it comes from a deep knowing that this moment, this moment has manifested exactly how it is for this purpose of being here in this joyful, curious, playful, compassionate, grace-filled state with your voice. That, my friend, is loving. It's not resignation. It's not just good old acceptance, although we love acceptance. It's an active exchange between you and the universe. It's an active exchange between your voice and the sounds and the vibrations that it can make. It's an active exchange with the possibility of music emerging from your body. Love is a deep knowing. Love is an understanding. Your voice at its best is a reflection of this deep knowing and understanding. And your voice is perfect exactly how it is right now. And I know you don't believe me. I know you don't. But I want you to join me in this journey toward believing this fundamental truth. It's going to make everything better because, you know, the people that come to this work from a place of lack, the people that come to this work from a place of scarcity, the people that have to hit that note, they ain't happy. <laughs> it's true. And when they bump up against the realities of their situation, they will continue to find themselves more and more frustrated, frustrated to a state that they will just be so overcome and likely tap out. It'll just be too much to handle. They'll feel that their voice will never be good enough. They will not enjoy the sounds that they sing. They will not be able to marinate in the vibration of their voice in their body. They will compare their voice to everyone else. They will feel fundamentally flawed and fundamentally broken, and they will believe that this moment does not carry with it enoughness. 
that this moment does not have embedded in it the possibility of love. They will not know their divine purpose with their voice. And that's a bummer. It really is. Because when I listen to their voice, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, when I listen to anyone's voice, what I hear is the truth of their experience. I hear how perfectly their voice tells me about where they are in their life right now. And I hear that without judgment. I hear it from a place of curiosity. I hear it from a place of wonder. I hear it from a place of awe that these bodies carry with them the capacity to remember, to condition, to respond, and that our voice is this incredible mechanism for communicating all of that. It might be our best mechanism for sharing and connecting. And I don't hear the lack in their voice as fundamental. I hear it as simply possibility for the future, but I don't need it to be there right now. I just need them. I just need you to be exactly where you are. And I need you to love on the fact that you are where you are. You know, so often in my coaching work, I'll go through a whole hour of connecting with someone around advice and exercises and possibility, and it's so focused on change. But in the very last moment, I often make sure to drop, you're doing great. You are doing amazing. <laughs> do you know the progress that you've made? And do you know that your voice is so good right now? And I mean it. I always mean it. And sometimes people will uh, reflect back to me that they think I'm saying the things that I say because I'm supposed to, that's my job or something like that, which quite honestly, I take a little bit of offense to. Believe me at my word. Allow me to name something for you that you might not be able to name yet for yourself. And that is that your voice is perfect right now exactly how it is. Your voice is perfect right now exactly how it is. I'm going to say that for you one more time, and I want you to really hear this and let it reverberate. Your voice is perfect exactly right here, right now, as it is. You don't need to change a damn thing. And I want you to know that the realm of possibility is also present in the midst of that. That change will happen for you. <laughs> this is the really good news. You actually don't have to change. Change is going to come. This is the gift of impermanence. But you can either resist the wave or you can ride it. And I would love, love, love for you to join me in surfing these waves because it's really fun when you learn how to surf them. The other way feels like you're drowning most of the time. Boy, the metaphors are rich here. Can we just talk about waves for a minute? Waves, vibration, the sound of your voice. Drowning, a closed throat, suffocating, the voice being diminished, stuck. Isn't that beautiful how these things come in? Your voice is perfect right now, exactly how it is. You don't need to change anything. And, and there is so much possibility for your voice. 
This is aspiration without attachment. Aspiration without attachment. I still struggle with understanding this fully in my own spiritual and voice practices and life practices, but desire is at the center of most suffering. Wanting things to be differently than they are is at the heart of why we feel suffering in our lives. We either want things to be like they were in the past, or we want them to be what we imagine for the future. And our imaginations are simply too small. They're often limited. They are stuck in the scope of understanding that we have based on our experiences. And there's always something more magical in this current moment. There's always something more expansive. There's always something bigger than you can possibly imagine. And so when you go to sing and you go to make a sound and you stay present with the sound, you are bound to discover something that will blow your mind. But if you go into the sound and you have some sort of expectation about what it should be, and if you compare it to what it used to be, you will not find joy. You will find frustration. You will find dissatisfaction. You will find unsatisfactoriness. That's one of my favorite words that gets thrown around in Buddhism sometimes. But the reason I think singing is such a fertile ground to explore this is because it's just singing. It's just singing. (laughs) There are so many other situations in your life that will have a different layer, a different level of consequence. But we have concocted these stories around our voice. And there's this opportunity to come back to the fact that it's just singing. It's just making sound. It's by its very nature hormone inducing in the positive way. You will release oxytocin. You will release dopamine. You will release adrenaline if you just use your voice. And as a result, if you allow yourself to, you will feel better. (laughs) You will feel playful. You will feel joy. You will feel happiness. You will feel deep connection. It's built into the gig. It's there. You don't have to do anything. And that's such a beautiful truth of how your body works. And it's such an opportunity to lean into this practice of loving on your voice exactly how it is. Let there be an exchange with what your body can provide you and what it is that you can enjoy right here, right now. You know, at the end of the session that Jeannie did with my client, after she had done all the different exercises and they had had kind of a lengthy conversation around what was going on with her voice, she just had her sing happy birthday. (laughs) And she had her do it in a quality of sound that was maybe lighter than what she would normally aspire toward. But I have to tell you, in listening to her sing that, I found it so enjoyable. It sounded really good. And some of that was the result of the exercises that Jeannie had done with her. But a lot of it was just tied to her letting herself sing how it was that she was able to sing in that moment without needing for it to be what it was that she had thought that it needed to be like in the past. She just sang Happy Birthday and it brought a smile to all of our faces. It was such a lovely little moment and a lovely experience. And this is so often how I wish that I could get singers to approach 
their experience with their voice, that there will be things that your voice cannot do, likely for the rest of your life that you want it to be able to do. But there is also so much joy to be had. And why wouldn't you go to the places right now that bring you joy? We also had this discussion in our group coaching program where one of the members of the cohort was saying that she was aspiring to all of these songs and she kept working at them and she just felt so disappointed. And she actually then had a conversation with herself that was like, is there a song that I could sing right now and feel good singing? And she found one. She found one when she actually stepped back from the deep frustration she was feeling around this desire for her voice to be able to do that which it can't do right now. And she just looked to see what was closest to her. She found a lovely song that she was able to enjoy singing and quite simply reminded herself of why she was even doing this to begin with, which is because using your voice feels incredible. It feels so good. It's one of the best experiences we can have as a human. Why deny yourself that opportunity? Why begrudge what your voice can't do when you have the capacity right now to fully enjoy what it can do? Why? (laughs) (laughs) Why? There are so many singers on this planet who are not technically good. And no one cares because they are great at what they do. They enjoy their voices. Here's the other thing about this is I can't love your voice fully unless you love your voice fully. And this is true from a performance standpoint. Any area of discomfort, dis-ease you have in your voice, you end up putting that on me as an audience member. I hate to say it like that, but it's true. When you fully step into your voice, when you love it just like it is, when you use it to the best of your ability, when you step into the freedom of that, you give me such a gift as someone who gets to listen to you. I don't have to worry about you because you're taking care of yourself. This goes back to our dating analogy earlier. You do you, boo, and you let me do me. And then if it just so aligns, we get to enjoy each other in our own joy. We get to enjoy each other. We have that fortunate gift, that fortunate privilege, but I won't be able to do it fully unless you do it fully for you and vice versa. Your voice is best at sharing. So you have to ask yourself, what do you want to share? Do you want to share fundamental goodness? Do you want to share joy? Do you want to share playfulness? Do you want to share curiosity? Do you want to share compassion? Do you want to share grace? Or do you want to share lack? Do you want to share fear? Do you want to share neediness? Do you want to share uncertainty? Because you actually have a choice in this matter. I'm not saying it doesn't take practice. I'm not saying there's not a journey around this. But I believe at this moment, right here, right now, in this very second, you have the choice, the capacity to choose to step into fundamental goodness. You have the capacity to choose to step into this knowledge and understanding that your voice right now is good.
is absolutely good. And if you do step into that, you free up everyone else from needing to take care of you. (laughs) You free up everyone else. You give them so much space to step into the fullness of their voice and to know the goodness of their voice. This is an act of deep self-knowing so as to foster the deepest possible connection with the universe and with others. So, last episode, we talked about reclaiming that dream, that dream from your childhood, connecting to your deepest aspirations. If you want to be on stage, it's time to reclaim that. It's time to reclaim it right now. But you have to reclaim it from the energy and understanding that you actually can step on stage right now. And that's not to say that you won't be more successful in the future, but you have the capacity to share your voice right now. And when you know that, you won't attach to any sort of specific outcome or desire, but you will be delighted. You will be enraptured. You will be joyful about all of the unexpected possibilities that arise in front of you that are greater than you ever could have imagined as a small child. Aspiration without attachment. Aspiration without attachment. Fundamental goodness. Loving your voice exactly how it is right here, right now. My friend, I want you to hear me so clearly when I say I love your voice exactly how it is. Don't get it twisted just because I'm in the transformation space, just because I'm in this profession of helping people find change. That doesn't mean that I need you to change. That doesn't mean that I need you to change. What I need is for you to accept and love on your voice exactly how it is so that you give me the space to love on my voice And as a result, love on yours too. Will you give me that gift? Will you allow me to love your voice? Will you love your voice? I sure hope so. Peace.